Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Guys, I made the Thanksgiving turkey this year. Did you? I am a famously bad cook. Oh, no. Um, Did you call the Butterball hotline for tips? No. Does that exist? That is a true thing. No, I I didn't. I just followed a recipe online. It tasted like every turkey I've ever had. (laughs) So They all do. (laughs) They all do. Was there like drastic steps in it like did you have to cram a beer can in its butt or it was (laughs) glaze it with no that was i didn't have to that was just for me (laughs) you didn't even open it just crammed it in there um no it it was like super easy i don't know maybe i've just never had a turkey that was like hardcore prepared in a special way because every turkey i think i've ever eaten has tasted the same and this was super easy to make it was like take the bird take the gross parts out of the bird Cover the bird in butter. Put the bird in the oven. Wait two and a half hours. It's done. And it was a perfectly serviceable turkey. You haven't had like a turkey that Bob tries to make every year on Bob's Burgers. Long prepared thing or special order turkey. I don't think so. I have had a deep fried turkey once. How was that compared to like just a normal turkey? Same. I'm I'm afraid to say it because I think people will get mad, but (laughs) pretty the same to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did it add at least flavor to the outside? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we we usually do a deep fried back home. We didn't this. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think they did this year. But yeah, it's marginal. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of it's Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Where Andy Samberg's like the Pilgrims are murderers, and turkey tastes like napkins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think turkey tastes better than napkins, but worse <laughs> yeah. than maybe any other meat. Yeah. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. not not even worse. It just doesn't. It is. It is picked <laughs> yeah. last. Yeah. In meatball. In dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me like the the best way to serve a turkey is with like the leftovers. Like whenever you make turkey sandwiches or even like uh, like my mom does, she makes a uh, turkey enchilada, which is amazing. Oh. But then like if you just eat the turkey on its own. It can't carry its, it's own bland. weight. It's yeah. very bland. Yeah. Even at Thanksgiving, if you make like basically a turkey Manhattan, like if you put all the other stuff on top of the turkey and eat it like a turkey lasagna, it's better than if you just eat the turkey. Oh, yeah. It goes into my like mashed potatoes and gravy every time. Yeah. yeah. I usually uh, turkey Manhattan. And I'm thinking of like a bald blue turkey with, <laughs> with the black symbol on his forehead. Sitting just, on, the, just on Mars. Just yeah, annihilating people with its thoughts. <laughs> I had to think about that Be for a second. Full of turkey Manhattan. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> I love it so much, though. Oh, boy. Uh, so our newly designed merch store is now open on the website. Uh, we have zip-up hoodies. Uh, we all have those coming. Those will arrive soon. Yeah. Uh, we've got hoodies. We've got some shirts with just the logo on the front. We've got the pullover hoodies. Uh, and eventually, if I can find a supplier again, we'll have the beanies and the baseball caps again. Unfortunately, the people that we got them from last time no longer make that beanie anymore and the only colors they have are not great oh that's no. sad. 
just a reminder, we have auditions going on until December the 15th. Uh, you can find all that information on the website. Um, we are looking for some local people to help out with future shows that we have in mind. And also, we want to take this opportunity to thank the patrons who joined us in November. Austin M., Christopher H., Cleston Lee, Eric Michael S., Kayla P., Kyle T., Mo Skell, and Rex F. So thank you all for joining us on Patreon. Again, you can find everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow. Uh, and tiers start at just a dollar. And uh, later this month, actually, we will be announcing some new tiers, as well as a little bit of remodeling to existing tiers and some future goals involving content. And some tiers for fears. <laughs> so uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, and with that, it is time to let the recap roll. How are we going to get out of here? You know, I've only ever come and gone through the, the, the room in his, uh, his lab. The one with like the spooky black stuff glowing under the door? Yeah. Do you know how to use it? No. I'm going to look at Colvar. Do you know how to use it? I never used it. I was a conduit kind of for the energy. Um, I think he was channeling it through that soul trap. Uh, I mean, if it still needs a soul trap as a conduit, just two thumbs at myself. I am one now, so that part at least we're not lacking. Oh, that's true. So if you can figure out how to kind of steer it, we'd probably be good. All right, so we see the three of you join hands inside the teleportation room, Trog and Colvar and Big Metal Jake, and they all vanish into the ether. I think I'm just going to drop my last hold back to halfling form and see what this water sword can do. I think I leap up to that gate where he's kind of pressed it between him and them, and I just want to jab it between the bars to the closest one and see if I can hit somebody. I want to Hulk clap this guy's head. So you step forward and you clap your hands around his head, but he is still focusing. He pulls his hands in very violently and the ground underneath you starts to shift and water starts to pour in all around you as the Aquamancer tears this underwater layer apart with both of you still inside of it. So Tass and TJ, you are in this underwater labyrinth and this frog aquamancer is moving his hands around. It seems like he is starting to disperse the magic that holds this underwater labyrinth together. What are you doing? I am looking around at the cracks and the walls and the water that's coming in and I'm like, yipe, and I'm going to push this guy out of my way and head toward the door. Oh, towards the door, like out of the... Out of the cells, yeah. Okay, so roll Defy Danger with Strength. Uh, that is a uh, 13. Yeah, nice. no problem. You were able to shove him aside. Uh, you notice that he doesn't break his concentration still. He is focused on the spell that he is chanting, uh, but you are able to get out into the hallway. Where are you? What? Follow me. And I'm going to head towards the metal door I had opened earlier. Uh, so he's made kind of an opening here for me, right? Yeah. Can I, well, scoop up the flail that he has clearly forgotten and then <laughs> make my way out? God damn it. Uh, yeah, I think that with uh, this guy being shoved to the side on TJ's full success, I think you've got the opening. You could pick that up and run outside. Awesome. And you see that TJ ducks around the corner to the right uh, and he jumps inside of that big metal door. I think I'm still like in mid sprint thumbing behind me like the water walls back there. And just following through. I, as soon as he follows through, I'm shutting the door behind us and sealing us in. Yeah, so you turn and you close this door and you spin it and those three metal pegs lock into place and there's no water coming in from this direction anymore. Um, but you do hear in the room the sound of water. Uh, and I think that you both turn around and you see that there is water coming down the stairs near the other metal door that you had seen when you were being led back to the cells, TJ. Uh, Tass, can you grab that door real quick? So this is like, like a hatch kind Kind of, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not bowling through? Uh, no, I, th I think I got an idea. I am just sprinting up, I guess, to try to slam this hatch shut. All right, uh, so roll Defy Danger with Strength to fight against the current of water pouring in. Okay. Ten? This is finally my halfling bicep porn moment. I am just... <laughs> oh, and there's cranking. water pouring down yes. on you and you're just like straining to close the door and for flexing. Some, for some reason, the, the tear in his shirt is like coming a little bit further apart yep. as his yeah, yeah. chest flexes. Hey, yeah. plus two strength. This is a tough little dude. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you are both sealed in this room and there is no water coming in from any direction. Okay. I like where your head's at, but now we're trapped in a room. I know, but it 
feels like this place is coming apart. Like he's going to bring this all up on us. And also, I didn't want to go through the water wall because if he followed us, we're effed. No, you're right. Uh, I kind of want to just look around and kind of see what the situation is to see if the actual walls and stuff are coming apart or what's going on in here. Yeah. So, you know, you noticed before as you traveled between the different levels of this place that there were gaps where there was magic that seemed to be keeping the water out. And you also have seen all the different walls that were built out of water. You could just see out into the ocean. Uh, And there's nothing like that in this Essentially, you feel like you're in the bottom of the hull of a ship. Uh, But I think you do notice that there are four spots around this room that have the hydra vines attached at the bottom. Oh, shit. Okay. So, like, kind of, would it be reasonable to say that they're kind of like the tether holding us at a certain depth? I think that would be a safe assumption. Okay. TJ, check this out. Whoa, uh, I know how to fix this. Um, go on, please. Uh, yes. Uh, so first off, you uh, take a torch out of your backpack, which I will do now, and <laughs> light that torch. And then I want you to cut one of these things, and I'm going to sear it with my uh, torch. Okay, awesome. Um, how, like, what are, what's the layout? I don't know how to ask this. Like, are these at sort of the four corners of this? Yes, they are. Okay, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So in theory, this what? Kills it or hurts it or makes it stop holding on? Uh, Yeah, as far as I know, whenever they were cutting them before on the other ship, they kept on growing back. Okay, so we don't want to do these one at a time or we're just going to tilt up and rock it out of here. You mean like in the hunt for Red October (laughs) when that one ship goes all the way and like it just shoots out of the water and it's the coolest thing ever? I I was about to say, I think that's exactly what you want to (laughs) do. Yeah. Well, I like that's super dope. But what I'm imagining is that we end up pointing straight at the scoundrel's fortune and just rocket through the bottom of that ship. So you want to kill my dreams is what you're saying. A little bit. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, you know what we should do? Um, I want to actually get out my healing potion first and give it. Oh, God, I want to be selfish, but I think I'm going to give it to TJ. You just have your back turned to him, like, drinking in the corner. What are you doing? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> glub, glub, glub. It's a Capri Sun I brought from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you look rough. I feel rough. But, you know, if we have to get in another fight, you're going to be the one that's going to save us. So maybe you should have this. All right. Um, I'll take the potion. I'll down it. All right, TJ. So you heal 10 points. Nice. Okay, so we should probably take opposite corners and like try to burn those at the same time so that we don't go completely like skewed up up or down and then switch you know go to the other opposite corners in theory that will hold better than just one side you know what i mean yeah i I think i get it we're gonna have to move at the exact same rate. Yes, from we are. One corner to the other, so you don't tip the room. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, because he's still huge. Oh my god, has uh, it been? Well, has it been a minute? Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, right. I think that once you guys have gotten in this room, yeah, a minute would have passed. Oh, he thank down. God. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, can I use my own adventuring gear to use a charge for a torch? Yes. Awesome. All right, we ready for this, bub? Yeah. All right, I think we give it a try. Boy, I sure want to have you guys roll something here to figure out how this goes. Man, I mean, yes. it makes sense. Or at least, like, oh. the first one I can, I might, like, try to pitch you that that makes sense. But the second one seems like, or even that, like Jake said, you know, making the movement to not upset everything. Uh, I think it would just be a roll from each of you for the whole shebang. Just for the whole whole shebang. shebang. Okay, okay. yeah, that's fair. Um, So I'm thinking this would be dexterity to cut at the same time, burn at the same time, walk across the ship at the same time, and repeat. Mm -hmm. So both of you roll defy danger with dexterity. Okay. Okay. Me first. Well, that's a four. (laughs) (laughs) Next time you go first. So Jake, you and Kolvar and Trog appear on the deck of a ship. And with your mixed success, you get close to where you're going, but not exactly. And it's strange because you see right next to you the scoundrel's fortune, but you're standing on the deck of another ship. And I think before you have time to like, oh, what is this ship? It seems to explode as another boat seems to rocket up (laughs) from underwater and crash through it. (laughs) Okay, I want to like 
I want to like bend my knees to absorb the impact, and then right as it reaches the apex, I jump and I do a gainer, and then I land perfectly on my feet on top. Like of it. hop onto it. So yeah, I think roll <laughs> defy danger to you know get out of the way of this ship being cracked in half that you're standing on. I assume this is a dexterity. Yeah, I'll see you guys on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? What if I just punch downwards very hard as it comes up? Can I arrest its momentum and stay in place? Unfortunately, you took unstoppable force, <laughs> not immovable object. Oh, man. <laughs> then you could just palm it like a basketball coming up from the pool. Like when you push a basketball down yep. or like a beach ball down underneath the water and let it pop up. No, wait. Unstoppable force is specifically the one that deals with obstacles and objects, not people. And so what does it do? <laughs> it's uh. When you try to remove or plow through all obstacles in your way, roll, uh, you can spend the hold to force your way past an obstacle, distract, lift, or force aside an obstacle, or cause great damage to an inanimate object or obstacle that's in your way. Okay, so I think you could actually roll this move, and it will aid you in trying to navigate like this splintering ship as like pieces start flying towards you and you're trying to leap onto the newly appearing boat that's coming up from underwater. Okay. Okay. 11. All right. So that gives you a hold three. So yeah, roll to find danger with a plus two, because I think the first two options on your list for that of destroying things that get in your way or moving things aside for allies will help everybody involved trying to deal with, uh, I don't know what to call it other than a kerfuffle. What is, what is this is happening? (laughs) This ship exploding through another ship. I think we need to call it TJ's dream come true. Seven. Oh my God. You can get safely on top of this ship as it erupts through this other derelict ship, but you are going to lose an ally. Someone's going to go overboard. You're not going to get all three of you safely there. You're going to take a little damage in the doing, or it's going to draw unwanted attention. Uh, I think I'll take the damage. I think that this whole what's happening is me trying to be like a stalwart guardian and make sure that everybody else endures. So I will take the hit. Uh, Three points of damage, armor defeating. Okay. All right. So as this ship explodes up through the other one, you leap into the air and Trog and Kolvar do the same thing. You're punching pieces of wood out of the way. (laughs) And like Kolvar is landing on your back and jumping off of you again. And you're reaching down and you throw Trog and he pulls out his giant cleaver from his back and hacks through the last piece. And you all three land safely on top of this new ship. (laughs) That's badass. That was cooler than we deserved. (laughs) Tass and TJ, as you have cut these vines, it doesn't go right. The timing is off and this thing launches and you hear it smashing through other things. Uh, The hole does not break as you go, but you feel yourself surface as your ears pop and you slam back down onto the water and you hear a couple of very loud thuds on the deck above you. Oh, that sucked. That sucked bad. Yeah, I'm going to pick up my friend and uh, I'm going to head to the the hatch at the top and I'm going to gingerly open this hatch. You turn this hatch and you open it and peer out and you see Jake and you also see the giant goblin chef that you recognize from Tombwall and he is half burnt and then you also see this very large golem wearing a chef's hat and an apron. <laughs> And they are all three standing on the deck of the ship looking in your direction. Jake! And open the door and then I'm going to see the goblin and be like, I... Uh, what's going on, buddy? We cool? I'm going to lean down to Colvar and go, do your best me impression. Ah, uh, yes, we're very cool, bro. Nice. Uh, uh, are you okay? <laughs> I think I'm pulling the water sword out. I think the that laugh is Gollum Jake <laughs> cracking oh, up. Hey, at, are we okay? I don't think it's avoidable. I think he would just <laughs> Yeah, so Taz, as you come up the stairs behind TJ, you hear Jake's laugh just roll out of this big metal golem. What is happening? What is happening? Um so much has gone wrong. Real quick, 
are we good in this spot or do we need to go somewhere else? I vomit blood because <laughs> uh, I'm almost dead. There's a thing underwater. It's a, like a water wizard frog man thing. You said that we're adjacent to the scoundrel's fortune, right? Yeah. Okay. Want to start getting people onto the boat that is our boat and the one that I know we're supposed to be on? Yeah. So um, how do you want to get everybody over there? This boat that you're on is much, much smaller than the scoundrel's fortune. There's a good 12, 15 feet distance between the deck of this ship and that of the fortune. Um, I mean, I want to just kind of go be like a ramp. Like, I'm just going to go put my hands against the side of the scoundrel's fortune so that people can, like, climb up my knee and step onto my head and get their hands on the um, the side of the boat. What's the term? There's a term for the railing around a boat. Uh, that's called the taff rail. I will take your word for it. Yeah, so you start to help everybody over to the Scoundrel's Fortune. As you are stretched across this gap of water, you see in the water everywhere there is just a lot of ship detritus. You also see a lot of dead, what look like frogmen. And as you're helping everyone over, roll discern realities. God, no, that's a six. So as you are peering down into the water, you get blasted full in the face with a spear of water that comes from under the water. You take eight points of magical damage, uh, but I know you deduct some of that. And Taz and TG, I think you recognize this. Like Jake is helping Kolvar get onto the Scoundrel's Fortune and you see a spear of water shoot up through the water and hit him dead in the face. Ah, that's the water wizard. Do I see the water wizard or just this? spear of water that gets me yeah i think with your failed discern realities you don't see him i think that's fair um how close am i to having everybody across i think you've got tass and tj still on your side i want to fall back away from the edge here and pull out one of my uh insta welds to heal myself oh okay colvar can you sing a healing song for my friends please oh yes and he reaches in his pocket and pulls out his arcane spell book and begins to sing all right, so Tass and TJ, you both heal 12 points of damage. Dang. Dang, nice. Does this thing seem like it's pursuing? I don't know if you guys leave the edge. I assumed you would also leave the edge. Yeah, I'd be uh, backing up if I know this thing is imminent danger, and I think even wanting to take a, uh, a, a more fighty form. Like what? I think Mountain Lion. Oh, okay. And I would pull out my shield and I'd get my flail from Tass before he turned into a mountain lion. <laughs> and I would go back to back with everybody and I'd be the stalwart wall against the the waves. Uh, and we're all in a Charlie's Angels pose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's the Dragon Ball Z group? The Ginyu Force. Yeah. Is there <laughs> five of them? Yeah. So I assume that Kolvar and Trog. They jump back, jump back over. over just, just, just for the pose. But then they instantly leap back over again. Tass, roll your shapeshift. Ten. Three holes. So yeah, the three of you are standing in the middle of this small boat and it slowly starts to list to the side like it's starting to be moved by the water underneath it. Okay, so does it feel very much like this is trying to be shifted so that we fall off? Like, I mean, is that reasonable to... I think that what you are starting to feel is the very slow buildup of a whirlpool. Oh, like it is God. constantly starting to move in a circle and the rocking is just a side effect of that. Guys, I think we're going in. I don't know if I can go in. If I go in, I think I go to the bottom. I might have something for you on that, but let's see what TJ and I can do. And I'm going to leap in and I'm going to go straight in after him because he's my buddy. All right. I think this is going to be a discern realities when you hit the water to try to get a sense of what is where underwater. Okay. I got an eight. I got a seven. All right, you both get a hold one. What here is useful or important? Uh, I think that you see about 30 feet below this little ship, this Aquamancer spinning one of his hands around and it creating this vortex that is starting to move the ship. I will also ask what here is useful or valuable to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. So you both know exactly where this thing is. And I'm going to start swimming straight to him. Same. All right. So, yeah, you both swim down towards him and he takes notice of you as you approach. What are you doing? I'm going to try to bite this dude. All right. Roll hack and slash. That's a 10. All right. Roll your damage. Good boy. <laughs> Good kitty. That's five. All right. What are you doing, TJ? Uh, as soon as he takes a bite out of 
I want to say crime, but it's not crime. Oh, uh, I was hoping you would. <laughs> uh, as soon as he takes a bite out of this uh, frogman wizard, I am going to come at him from the other side and swing my flail and hopefully hit him across some vulnerable part of his body. All right. Roll hack and slash with a minus one. That is still a 10, even with a minus one. All right. Roll your damage. Oh, God, that was such a good roll. Uh, 13. Your mace collapses the side of his head. All of the waves coming out of his body stop, and he starts to float towards the surface. I'm grabbing him in my teeth and shaking him a few times. (laughs) Uh, Roll defy danger with constitution not to drown while you do this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing. Uh, No, but I think I am going to keep him in my jaws as I go up. So yeah, you both swim back to the surface. Jake, you see the two of them pop up. Tass is still a mountain lion, and he has got a giant dead frogman in his mouth. Thank God. I'm going to lift the frogman out of the water onto the deck of the boat. I want to loot him. The only thing that he has on him is a letter. What's it say? What letter is it? A, B, C? (laughs) A for Aquamancy. So you open this up and it is dry, which is strange. Yeah. It is a letter addressed to Alarok, and it says that Pardon will be sending in your direction one of his crews that failed at their job and that... They are his to do with as he pleases, and it is signed Benari. Hey, guys, have you seen uh, the um, Monarchs of the Moon, the guys that attacked us? These frogmen are the Monarchs of the Moon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I saw Leaf earlier. He was in the cells downstairs with me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, so the frog, was he a frogman? No, he was regular old Leaf, as far as I know. He wasn't down there when I was down there. Well, that's because I let him go. You were in jail twice? I leave you for five minutes, you're in jail <laughs> <Yeah>. twice? <laughs> uh, this letter says that Benari gave Pardum permission to send a failed crew here to be dealt with by the the frog wizard. So if this was the crew, then they're they're dealt with. We're done, except Leaf's gone. Is that correct? Unless he's somewhere on one of these other ships. What remains of the other ships? So the small ship that you're all standing on destroyed the monarchs of the moon ship. Uh, and then on one side, you have the scoundrel's fortune. And on the other side, you have a very old derelict ship that tasks in TJ. No leads down into that underwater labyrinth. Do we want to go look through the other ship and make sure that Leaf's not like over there stowed away or plotting to sail off and wreak more havoc? I mean, it doesn't hurt. Sure. Yeah. So I don't think it takes long. Um, You know, you all head over there and look around and it's just what you both saw before. This ship is completely empty and stripped clean of anything uh, except for the stairs that lead down. Uh, now they just lead down into the water. Oh, right. Um, This might be a weird question because we've sort of wrecked everything and defeated the villain. But I'm kind of like hung up on uh, the other frogmen that were here that were just down there like sleeping in the barracks and stuff. Could I roll my communion of whispers at this point to like, I don't know, get some sort of vision of what exactly the hell was going on here? Yeah. Um. How does that move work again? Uh, so when I have spent time in a place making note of its resident spirits, uh, I can roll wisdom. And on a you know full success, I get a clear vision that will be helpful. Uh, seven to nine's kind of unclear and murky. And the most fun on a miss, I get something upsetting or traumatizing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think you can use that here. Okay. Like that failure doesn't have to have any impact on the game, mechanically speaking. It's just got to greatly upset you. (laughs) It actually says like there's a little asterisk and it says specific to player. Oh, no. (laughs) I missed it. Oh, well, here I go. Uh, That's actually an 11. So the vision that you get is played in reverse. I think that you see the labyrinth underwater right now as it is. And you can see that there are a lot of those rooms completely flooded, but held in place by the hydrovine still. Some of those places don't exist at all because they had walls of water. Others had four walls and a ceiling and a floor, and so they are just intact rooms underwater. But as this rolls backwards, you see all of the water drain out of the rooms. You see the frogmen moving around. And I think the important thing that you see before this cuts off is all of the frogmen that you fought didn't look like the monarchs of the moon, but the ones that you saw sleeping in the barracks did. And you see the monarch ship getting captured, frogmen coming up, 
taking them below and this Aquamancer putting them into the middle of this ring of water and casting a spell on them one at a time and transforming them into his minions. Okay. Oh, man. There's a treasure chest down there somewhere, too. (laughs) Probably at the bottom of the ocean. What do the spirits tell me about the treasure chest, (laughs) Rev? Do not seek (laughs) the treasure. (laughs) We thought they was some toads. toads. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think I'm going to tell them about all of that and kind of talk over that process of what he did to them. So you think they're still alive? I mean, they did pretty well in the water, the ones that we fought. So the ones that I had seen had been transformed. But yeah, God only knows. I mean... I could go down there and try to see if anybody's around, but 20 frogmen could swarm and kill me too, so that wouldn't be great. Hmm. I mean, I want to just leave, but if they are alive and they do survive, they'll have an extra grudge against us for leaving them for dead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. think I'm going to try my water form and see if I can go down there and see if anybody's still alive. Yeah, okay, roll it. Uh, what's a, what's a five? What's a five for me? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you turn into your water form and you go down into the water and swim around inside the labyrinth and you head towards the barracks where all of the frogmen were sleeping. The ones that you knew were reminiscent of the monarchs of the moon and you find all 20 of them floating at the ceiling and they are in their human form again. Oh no. I mean, I have a theory on this, but is there any way for me to tell exactly how this happened? Uh, Yeah, you could roll spout lore. Okay. That's with int, isn't it? Yes. Darn. Okay, ten. So I think the thing that you know looking at them and having seen this vision of them being transformed, it actually reminds you of your time with the monarchs of the moon back on Earth. What happened here is that they were transformed and it takes a certain amount of time for it to set in. And because the person who cast the spell was killed, it faded. Oh, God. How do you know this? Uh, I think that I know this because in a weird way, it's very similar to some druid magic that Walthus knows. Um, Because much later on, there's a move called Chimera, where you can essentially, when you shapeshift, you can take little bits and pieces from lots of different animals. And um, I think a specific part of that is learning to do that takes a lot of focus. And um, I had probably seen at some point somebody advancing to the point that they were attempting it and something awful happened. A battle broke out. They were attacked in the middle of their meditation and they were killed, and um, the, the the forms kind of mixed and, and deformed them and then eventually faded. So there's just this connection of magic that makes me go, that's, that's exactly what happened here is the focus was taken out, and so they revert back to their natural form. So what are you doing now? I don't think I have a gauge of what exactly sailors do if someone is lost on the ocean like this or someone dies. So... If I could, I think I want to use my hold to gather them all up and bring them up to the surface. Yeah, you are able to basically use your hold to manipulate the current of the water. The two of you are standing on this ship and there is a stirring in the water and then 20 waterlogged bodies surface. Jesus Christ. Whoa. I couldn't just leave them down there. I I don't know what else to do if leaving them out here is worse, but it just didn't feel right. Uh, we can, we can build a pyre out of boat parts just on the water. Did, will that make you feel better? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do that. So you're going to turn this derelict ship into a big pyre. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't take you guys very long. You are able to turn this other ship into a pyre and you get all of the bodies of the deceased monarchs of the moon onto it and you light it up. What are you doing with the other ship? Should we just obliterate this one with cannons as we sail away? Yeah. It's a good idea. What what for making ourselves feel better and all? <laughs> yeah, super okay with that. All right, so the three of you climb back aboard the Scoundrel's Fortune. I just want to ask the captain if we can use the guns on that ship. I don't see why not. Sweet. Uh, and he looks at you, Jake. Hi, I'm um new. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I actually seen one of you before, back when I used to ferry soldiers for the war. Is it okay if I ride on the boat? These are my friends. Yeah, we can vouch for him. He's he's legit. He's good. I have money. Oh, that's what I was listening for. You have money? <laughs> oh boy, do I. We have a lot to unpack. Let's sink boats first. Yes, yes. sink boats, get moving, and then have a little bit of a palaver, yeah? Yes. Okay. I don't know that word. Uh, I'm going over to a cannon. And so I think this scene fades out on the scoundrel's fortune sailing away as you all light up this other ship, sinking it below the waves as the one next to it slowly burns. And then we fade back in on the three of you. Is it just the three of you as you have your kind of rehash of the time? Who all is there? I feel like it's probably all five of us. I'm just like, this is my new team. (laughs) I don't need you guys anymore. Wow. Fair. No, that's not true. I don't say that. Yeah, so it's the five of you inside of your stateroom having this little chat. What are you all telling each other? Uh, I think the big thing that I would need to impart on Jake is just that idea that they know we're here. The collective they, Benari, Nash, whatever, um, and that they tried to blow me up again. And I think that seems like a pretty clear tie-in to the meaning of that letter. Like, it seems very much like he sent them. They tried to, like, assassinate us. It didn't work. Clearly, we see what the punishment for that turned out to be. Boy, their communication is lightning fast. Now that I think about it, there was, like, a night, maybe two, and they figured out that they had failed and got word to a new place and got them there. Yeah, and I mean, I think they knew what to be looking for, too, because technically we caused a lot of chaos and left for a month. So they were probably looking for us. You know what I mean? That's true. Forgetting all the time shenanigans. Yeah. I would tell them everything that's happened, you know, explain why I am. I am this golem now because I was kidnapped by and then murdered this universe's Esten and he had Kolvar's soul and now Kolvar's soul went back into his body and I'm in this thing now and Trog's here and he's actually really chill. Oh, and Benari is Nash. Like, they are the same as he as he described Benari to me. It's Nash. I assume this universe is Nash, or he just, like, walks between worlds and is one presence who has named himself different things, but I would have to guess that it's Elseworlds Nash here. Hmm, fair. Um, but yeah, just everything. I'll, I'll tell him all the shit I found here. You know, these are the things I've got now. These are the items I've got. These two are kind of with us for the moment. <laughs> I work for a god again. I work for death. And we have to get the things that aren't supposed to be here out of here. That is the one task I've been charged with. The three of us and Grandpa and Nash, dead or out. Hey, that's the plan. Awesome. And uh, I'm telling them uh, about my misfortune in the, the tunnel and why it is that I didn't go with the dwarves. And why we'll never have a dwarven army on our back anymore. Oof. All right. Sorry, guys. Anyone at your back, but not at your back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And as you are all sharing your various stories, Trog is kind of just listening and chuckling along. Like, he doesn't really have any real stake in this. Um, But Kolvar is sitting pretty quietly. You notice that his gaze is flicking back and forth between you two, Tass and TJ. And eventually, in a silence, he speaks up. What happened with Nyx? Oh, yeah. Did um, she get out? We we did not. Did, did she? She did. She's alive. Uh, last we checked, which wasn't too long ago. Oh, where, where is she? When did you see her last? Um, It's been maybe just a little over a month now in Nottermore. I suppose I should head that direction and see how she's doing. One thing to keep an eye out for, assuming you find her, we're not sure that this is what happened, but it seems very much like the case. Uh, We found this dagger, and it was um, enchanted in a way that kind of brings the dark side out of people. I assume you're familiar with this kind of thing. We think she has one. What one? Rancid Brian's dagger? Oh, God, that's... No, 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 no. If you were to put that dagger in the hands of someone who thinks they've suffered a great loss, that's an infinite amount of fuel to feed it. When did you realize this? Did you not go after her? She was long gone by the time we got back. Time between our worlds is vastly different. We wouldn't have known where to go, and frankly... Did you try? No. I see. So doing the good for your world, to hell with what happens in ours. Look, I I understand. I, I understand that I don't understand, and I think that's 
the fundamental reason for the choice is we don't know how bad that could get because one of our guys here had it and it didn't get that bad. He had my mind. He knew the things those weapons are capable of. He knew. And he stands up and walks out of the room, closing the door behind him. Woof. Sorry, guys. I boned us on that one. No, he needed to know. I mean, plus it would have been wrong of us not to tell him. Well, uh... <laughs> I think this might be the point where, uh, you know, I probably should have just gone out when he left, when the door opened, instead of like interrupting the conversation to open the door again. But uh, you know, I could just, I could just stay if the moments pass. It's fine. Yeah, oh, you're fine. Yeah, all right. It's cool. We're cool. So that night, you continue to share your stories from your time apart. You share a meal, those of you who eat, and then you head to bed. So let's ask your end of session questions. Jake, you're kind of going to be answering these solo, and the two of you will answer them together. First, did we learn something new and important about the world? Yes. What about you guys? Did you learn something new and important about the world? We learned that Benari specifically sent the monarchs after us, so that's kind of a, a thing we assumed, but is important to know. And that then the leader of the monarchs sent Leaf and his crew to their deaths as a result of not succeeding in killing you. Right. Uh, did we overcome a notable monster or enemy? Yeah, I'd say across the board. Yeah. Did we loot a memorable treasure? <gasps> I did. Yes, you did. Pretty sweet water sword. Yeah. I looted like half a dozen. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. That's true, you did. All right, so everybody gets three points of experience. Uh, and then what about your individual question? Did I defeat a worthy opponent? Yeah, I'd say so. He gave us a run for our money there. Yeah. I don't think I eliminated an unnatural menace. Yeah, you know, I think that actually you can count this just based off of the destruction of the underwater labyrinth. Like, that was an unnatural menace. Okay. Mine is, did I make a stand for something I believe in? Yes. I did not cut a deal with Esten. I turned him to ash. So, does anybody level up? I do. God, yes, I do. At least twice. Let me do the math. Oh, really? Am I keeping my experience from, like, the, you know, even though I switched bodies? Yeah, I think so. I think that those were your experiences that you've been through. I think it only makes sense for you to retain that, especially since you're technically first level now. I also level up. All right, so what's everybody taking? I'm going pretty basic on mine. Uh, I'm taking as my move Red of Tooth and Claw. So when I transform into an appropriate kind of animal, uh, I do a D8 damage instead of just a D6. Oh, okay. And then I raised my intelligence so that I have a zero modifier instead of a minus one. Nice. I can feel it in the room already. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to take a plus one to my strength. So that takes it up to 18. So I get a plus three strength modifier. And then my move, I've decided to go multi-class dabbler, which allows me to get one move from another class. Uh, so... I'm getting from the Paladin the setup strike. And what that does is it allows me, as I do a hack and slash, to choose an ally. If they attack my target, they get a plus one D4 damage. Nice. Yeah. And that's just automatic. Yeah. Nice. As long as they are attacking my target. So I got two level ups out of this. I am adding a point into Dex to bring it up to a nine and a zero mod and a point into Wisdom to bring it up to a 13 and a plus one mod. And then I am taking Immovable Object. At creation, I got to pick between Unstoppable Force or Immovable Object, So, but I get to take the other one as an advance. So I am. I am both an Unstoppable Force and an Immovable Object. People can't move me if I don't want them to, provided I roll well. Physically or emotionally? Yes. <laughs> and uh i'm taking pinned down this move rules when you would deal damage to someone with a melee attack you can choose to grab them you will never lose your grip on someone you have grabbed unless you choose to you can end the grab at any time to do one of the following slam them into something dealing your damage pin them down they can't do anything but neither can you or throw them somewhere within reach of you and they land prone nice so it is the next morning on the Scoundrel's Fortune, and you set into your final day of the journey. So let's roll Undertake a Perilous Journey. And Jake, I think that you will be the quartermaster, but you're going to get a plus one because of Trog. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. 
For scouting, got a 10. Uh, for trailblazing, I got a 7. For quartermastery, I got an 11. Excellent. You know that you will arrive that night at the landing in Dunehurst. Is there anything that you all want to do throughout the course of this day? I think I've just been working out a little bit, you know, training up. Uh, I'm assuming I can't pair this uh, scouting with studied essence. That would be correct, yeah. yeah. But I think that you could still do studied essence throughout the course of this day like your shift on the boat would not take the entirety of the day oh, okay um i know we're about to get somewhere else entirely but i still want to finally try to get in that dolphin time yeah so i think that that is how you spend the remainder of your day uh jake is there anything that you want to do nothing in particular i mean i think i spend the day kind of getting the hang of this body and like the new role that i'm going to serve and probably help trog cook at some point um and i think throughout the course of the day whether you're working or whether you are kind of in your off time doing other things uh you do see colvar going around the ship all three of you he seems to be chatting up the crew uh it seems like he is trying to gather information you even see him like slip coin to a couple people now and then mutiny that's all i'm seeing right there mutiny no, I'm sure it's fine. Colvar's a good guy. I created him. <laughs> <laughs> I know his mind. He wouldn't do this. <laughs> I know his mind for it is my own. I'm I'm trying to think like I know Colvar is going to want to dip and that's fine. Yeah, I would want to talk to him about what what the plan is. Uh, so, yeah, I think that you catch him towards the front of the boat as he's looking towards the island that is approaching and he turns to you as you approach and he nods a hello well it won't be long before you're to your destination what's your plan now i think i have to go back to nottermore and see if i can pick up nix's trail it's the only place i can think to start how does my newfound teleport work where can i go you can go any place that you have been but you always have to go back to Eston's lab as a middle ground how do you plan to get back well i think i was waiting for the right moment to ask for a ride Gladly. Do you have everything you're going to need? We stocked up right before I got taken, so I know you've got a lot. Yes, I mean, at least for the moment, I think that a chunk of my time will be going around Nottermore and trying to find if anyone saw her, if anyone transported her. So at least in the sense of getting around the city, um, I think I've got what I need. Okay, let me go warn the other two that we're about to pop out of here, and then we can go. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go find the other two and just let them know, like, hey, I'm going to take Colvar back to Nottermore. So he can start his search. I'm just going to go ahead and get that done. So I'll be back shortly. Okay. Um, we'll give you five minutes and then we'll get really worried. Yeah, there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do about it, though. <laughs> yeah, and Tass, this interrupts your animal study, so you still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> if this was just for some reason, just the thing that I settled on, I was like, he's never getting a you, dolphin. You mean <laughs> son of a bitch. Just every time you try something. It's like... This interrupts it, and it doesn't break it, but you accidentally glance at a chicken that's in a coop real quick, and you become that instead. <laughs> I just imagine, like, one of those really long cast spells in WoW, where the bar fills up, and as soon as you get hit, it resets totally, but you're yep. still casting Oh, God, it. Just every time someone talks to you, it resets the bar in your four hours. Yeah, just be careful, man. Tell Yaga we said hi. I guess I could pop in on Yaga. Okay, I'm going to go grab Colvar and... Get us back to, I mean, I guess Yaga's house, like just right outside is where I'll probably land. Yeah. So first you got to go back to Esten's place. So Jake, I'm going to make a little change here. I actually was doing an interview the other day where we were talking about Powered by the Apocalypse games. Um, surprise, surprise. And um, I brought up the idea about if there's no threat, there's no role. Um, so I'm actually going to make a slight change here to your teleportation because I realize now for almost the last two years, whenever you've had this move, I've had you roll it every time. And I think that the same thing applies. There's no threat here. There's no urgency. Um, you're just trying to recall back to Esten's lab. Uh, and so I think that you and Colvar appear in Esten's lab. Nice. At a glance, does anything seem different here yet? Uh, are you going to take a walkthrough? For like a minute, yeah, like a literal walkthrough. Yeah, you don't notice anything different. Shit, actually, before we leave here, I'm going to salt and burn the bones. Like, ghosts are a thing in this world. I That's the best I know how to deal with them, and it worked in a vision, and yeah. it works in our world. So I'm going to go, like, fire up the stove or whatever in the kitchen, in Trog's kitchen, and I'm going to salt and burn him. 
yeah, so you were able to do that. Uh, it takes maybe five or 10 minutes. And during that time, Kolvar actually takes another lap around this little compound as well, picks up a couple of random things and puts them into his bag. All right, let's head out. All right, so you step back into the teleportation room and you both appear uh, about half a mile down the street from Yaga's house. Well, good luck. I'm sorry that we didn't do right by you, but I wish you luck. And if there's anything at any point that you need, you can get a hold of us. Let me know. Thank you. You know, anytime I use this, I'll have to pop into Eston. So if you ever find a way back in there, you can wait there or leave a note or whatever. And that oh. could be how you could correspond with me. That's at least something. Wow. I can't even imagine how I would get back in there without you. Somebody in this world's got to be able to teleport, right? Yes, but um, it's connected to that room. So if, if someone else can do it, it's connected to, to their teleportation room. Mm. So those two gems that you have on your lustrous mohawk are the only two ways to, to get there. Would I be able to make do with one? You could. The only thing that would be different is that with just one, there would be a delay before you could go again. Like you would have to sit in that room and charge before you could make the next teleport. Ooh. I don't know why this is even a consideration. I'm going to give him one. This isn't, this is a toy I didn't have yesterday. I'm not going to be stingy about it. So yeah, I'm going to remove one of those. How does that feel? <laughs> uh, not great. Um, does my max hit point threshold go back up? It any? does. If yeah! you use one of your healing kits, you can repair that spot permanently. Yeah. I'll so do that when I'm get, back on the boat. You get two of those hit points back. Awesome. Are you sure? I could be a time where you need to move with haste. I hate for this to be the thing that stops you from your goal. I mean, 24 hours ago, this was an advantage I didn't have and would have never imagined. This is still an overall win. You may very well need this. Yes, actually wouldn't be a horrible place to operate from. Yeah. Oh, are we going to have like a shared hideout? I mean, it makes sense. We shared a body for a while. Why not a secret magical bunker? I, um, I wish I had more knowledge to give you. But I don't understand why you're here, so I don't even know where to point you. I mean, we're we're here to stop the bad guy from our world from being a bad guy in your world and being a bad guy in all worlds. It is kind of a, a vague thing. I get what you're saying. Yeah, hard to really direct. Um, I mean, right now, we're here to extract someone who's been trapped here for a long time and isn't supposed to be. That's why we're going to Dunehurst. It's actually, um, you know, one of one of my party's ancestors. Oh, um, when I was on the boat, I wasn't sure where I was going to start. I thought there was a chance it would be in Dunehurst, and I asked around to the crew members. One of them did give me a name, Landara. They said that she was kind of a tracker who was particularly well-suited for the terrain of Dunehurst, and that oftentimes she could be found at the landing, so... That might be a good lead to follow up on. That sounds excellent. I'll check it out. Thank you. Yes. Well, I think that, um, what are we going to call his place? I don't want to call it Eston's place anymore. That seems weird. The Haven? Perhaps I'll see you at the Haven. Oh, two more things. Mm. And I scrabble in my bag and I dump a hundred gold pieces in his hand. Oh. And then I give him a big hug. Like, just crush him in it. Uh, and he returns it. Good luck, man. I'm going to check on Yaga on my way out of town. And he smiles and turns and walks off into the city. All right. Uh, I'm going to head into Yaga's house real quick just to see if there's what she's up to. Any news? Anything? Yeah, I think that you go to her door and there are a couple people walking out. Uh, it seems like that she has just gotten out of a meeting. And as you duck your head down into the room, she's sitting in her chair. Well, this is new. I, I knew you would just recognize me. Oh, I don't really see the world the way most people see it. Oh, I would always recognize you, Jake. Hey, has anything interesting happened? Any developments since we've been gone? I know it's only been like three days. No, not as far as I've heard. I tried to put out some feelers for, for Nyx and her disappearance, but I haven't heard anything back yet. Well, uh find some way to inform you, I suppose, if I... Oh, you know, I recognized you and moved on, but what happened to your body? Its previous occupant is back in it, and that's Nix's fiance, and he's actually on the lookout for her right now. We oh. just parted ways, so he's on the, on the trail. Oh, well, maybe I'll try and catch up with him in pool resources. Well, I'm going to teleport back then. I can teleport now. I'm not great at it, though. Like, I can do it, but I never nail it 
Oh, is that connected to a room of teleportation? Yeah. Uh, so I have to kind of hit it as a hub on my way to anywhere. I really don't know how this one works. Like, I've got, I can do this back home, but this is different. I don't honestly know what he did to me. Could you look at it? Like, you know magic. Would you be able to look at this and figure it out? Yes, I think I could do that. Come here and let me see. Uh, where is the power source? It's on my noggin. All I see is a chef's hat. <laughs> I'll take a knee and remove my chef's hat <laughs> with great chivalry. <laughs> yeah. But there is one thing I think I could do here. I could stabilize the recall to the room. That's not nothing. It would cut my odds of failure in half. But it would make it uh, slightly more um, hair trigger, I think is the phrase you would use. Uh, sometimes maybe like a blunt trauma to your body might set it off. So yeah, what she's offering you here is that she could make some adjustments to it with magic uh, that would make it so you would not have to roll for the return to Eston's place. But there's a probability that like a blunt trauma or someone else who maybe understands magic really well could trigger it and send you back to Eston's place. Jake, look at me. <laughs> Tasselhoff is nodding his head. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, very well. So Yaga starts to poke around at the gems on top of your head, and you can hear her chanting a couple of words, and you see a flicker of light above. Something feels just a little different about the black gem. Like, you can feel it was cool before, and now it's not quite as cold. And essentially what she has done is make it so that you don't have to roll to get back to Esten's place. It is just an automatic recall with the possibility that it could accidentally be triggered. Okay. But as she's up there looking around, she hops off. Like I mentioned, she's like standing on your knee and you've got like one hand out and she's perched on that. Uh, she hops down on the ground. She goes over and pulls the mirror off of the wall and holds it up so you can see the top of your head. And what you see there is a rectangle with three indentations in it and two of them have gems in them and they've just barely got like on a ring they've got just that little hook that goes over them and so that's how you were able to pluck one out uh -huh. you realize that one of those sockets is empty and that red gem doesn't have any energy in it you could put other gems in here to get other effects hmm yeah the red one was just there for aesthetics which i ruined by ripping out one of the black ones oh what kind of effects? Well, I was things similar to TJ's belt. Or just the effects that you gain from magical items that have been empowered by the crystals of this world. Huh. All right. I'll keep that in mind. I think I'll talk that over with the team. All right. Thank you. Yes, of course. Well, I probably shouldn't waste any more time. God knows what shenanigans they're getting into now. So I'm going to take off. Thank you. All right. Take care of yourself. Oh, I'll try. And I'm going to teleport out. All right. And you appear back in Esten's lab, and then there's a pause. It takes three or four minutes for this black gem to charge back up, uh, but then you are able to teleport back to the Scoundrel's Fortune. So back on the Scoundrel's Fortune, you all have a little bit of time before you arrive, maybe half an hour. What are you all doing? I'm checking out Dunehurst and, like, seeing how different it is from uh, Alpo and Nottermore by the Bay. Like, this is a new world, and I just want to, like, scope out the new the new scenery. Uh, I think I'm going to try out my new dolphin form. All right. Roll uh, shapeshift. Okay. Uh, that's a 13. You're just on the deck flopping. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. You've got to get into... This is great, guys. Yeah. Roll Defy Danger with Constitution. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm doing like mime tricks with the immovable rod. I've like hidden it in my metal hand. It's hard to tell the difference from my body. So I'm like locking it and pushing and my body moves backwards and then pulling and my body moves <laughs> forward. But it looks like I'm a really good mime. So TJ, as you were looking out towards the landing, uh, why don't you roll Spout Lore to see what you know in your knowledge from Mahonan about the landing? Sure thing. Uh, that's a 10. It is called The Landing because the last great war on Dunehurst, this was where most of the ships from the other continents landed. And part of the treaty that came from that war is that this landing was turned into a port city and possession of the town changes from year to year, rotating between the different governing bodies throughout Fanarin. And as the camera pulls back from the scoundrel's fortune as it sails towards the landing, we see flying high over the ornate building at the center of town, the flag of the Dead Isles. 
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Oh, Martha, look, the new season is coming. Get the snacks ready. Okay, okay. In a dangerous new world. While we can see the helicopters coming in, it looks like the teams are arriving for this season of Soul Survivor. Live action role players will fight. I'm Sequoia. Just go. I'm Myrna. Grand chicken in. We agreed to just call me Sky. Name's Dale. I'm Cole. Hannah. To Bill. I I need the feathers for my arrows. Sequoia, maybe you need to grab some things. To outsmart. (gasps) Oh my god. Well, look for us. Not again. To survive. No, don't, no, no. Facing Fate, Black Knight, available at FacingFate.com and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts beginning June 14th. I don't know if I want to live anymore. I just want it to end. A Dumb Dragons production.